Hey, hey, you're listening to Rising Into Mindful Motherhood. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Wood. I'm a barefoot mama bear, pharmacist, integrative fertility health coach, and lover of all things nature and animals. I'm on a mission to have intentional conversations about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. My mindful guests and I will be talking about struggles, wins, natural wellness, and how we grow and transform as we enter motherhood. My background in healthcare has shown me how broken our medical system is. My own struggles to become pregnant has shown the lack of support for mamas-to-be, the lack of guidance for women to have a nourishing and vibrant pregnancy, the isolation, mom guilt, and all the things we hold after bringing baby Earthside. I want this platform to be a place where women can feel connected, safe and supported to share and hear their stories. A place to use our voice to discuss and advocate about what we need and deserve as mothers. So let's dive in, shall we? Hello and welcome to Rising Into Mindful Motherhood. Today I'll be chatting with Jackie Stinsman. She's an entrepreneur, mother of two, and today she's going to share with us about her PCOS journey and what that has looked like for her. So welcome, Jackie. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. So why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? So I am 34 years old. I have two children. They're five and seven. And I'm currently pregnant with my third (laughs) surprise uh, pregnancy with PCOS. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, I own my own photography business. Um, but I'm also registered as an x-ray and MRI technologist as well. Awesome. Okay. I didn't know that part. Very cool. (laughs) So do you do that part-time, full-time? So x-ray and MRI, I stopped practicing in 2021 Mm -hmm. um, due to the pandemic and all of the craziness going on. Um, My business was flourishing at that time anyway, so more was like a backup plan. Um, But now the hospital is a backup plan and this is my business. So (laughs) it's full-time yet on my own terms, if we can say that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love that. Flexibility with children is necessary. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So tell us a little bit about, so your oldest is seven. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have any thoughts that you had PCOS before either of your, your first two pregnancies? No. So it was, I don't want to say easy to get pregnant with both of them, but it was, it happened. Like there was no problems. I didn't have irregular periods. They were very regular. Um, and we were young. I mean, I was 26 when I conceived my first 27, when I gave birth and then I breastfed my first one for 13 months. Mm-hmm got my first period and then I was pregnant. (laughs) It was, it was a journey. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, I thought my period was just a regular doctor says normally the first few after you get it back, you know, it can be regular. And then it didn't come for six or seven weeks and tested and it went bright red. It was, it was crazy. Um, and honestly, after having the first, I had, um, a really bad, stitch job. It's too much TMI, <laughs> but, um, it was very shocking that I was pregnant, honestly, because we weren't as active as pre baby, you know what I mean? So it was like, 
one or two times a month. And it was like, oh, well, we know exactly when it happened. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> so then the second, um, I birthed and I think I got my period around five or six months with him. It was much faster. Um, but then I started having issues around the two year mark for him. Um, so did I ask, answer your question? Cause this is what I do. I ramble. <laughs> yes, you did. And, and that's okay. Cause <laughs> was going to kind of go into all that anyway. So yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so about two years after your second. Yes. And I started having some menstrual issues, lots of cramping, lots of, um, I had migraines already from, um, I had a head injury when I was younger, which they thought the migraines were from that. But then we more learned it was very hormonal. So I was taking tons of medications for that. Obviously not pregnant in between I was. And, um, then my periods got so irregular. So in, they started, end of 2019, they'll be like five or six weeks late. And I would be like, I always say I was like the spokesperson of pregnancy tests because I took so many within a few uh, months that it was like, I was always taking them because I always thought I was pregnant because I was always so late. Mm. So I went to the doctor in 2020, told him, and this is the one that delivered both of my kids. I just feel like my hormones are off. I just don't feel right. I can't lose weight. Um, and he was like, you can't test for hormones. You can't do any of that. You just got to watch your weight. You got to reduce your calories. You got to change your diet. And I was like, but I've been trying that for so many years. <laughs> it's like, it's just like a roller coaster ride with this diet trends and everything. So um, he retired. And then they started to get worse and they started to go seven, eight, and then they were 11 and a half weeks apart. And it was, it just went on until early 2022 when I went to the new doctor that I was transferred to. And it was a group, which I've never been a fan of groups because you never see the same doctor. Then you have to explain your entire medical history over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have a relationship. <laughs> and, um, the midwife said to me, I'll never forget this. Oh, as long as you have your period before 12 weeks, you're totally fine. And that's normal. And I was 32 or 33 at the time. And I was like, that doesn't sound normal to me. <laughs> and again, she was like, you can't test for hormone levels. You can't do it. There's nothing, no such thing as it. And I just felt inside of me. I was like, this doesn't sound right. There has to be something. So I was talking to my sister-in-laws and they were like, go see this doctor. She's a natural OBGYN. And that's when the whole diagnosis and everything happened from there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want me to go into that yet. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If, if that's, if that's where you're being led to, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so it took me eight weeks to get into her very popular, but she, um, was so thorough that I was absolutely shocked how thorough she was. Mm -hmm. Um, I went into the office, did all the 20 sheets of paperwork. She came to me and said, just have to review a few things and then I'll bring you in. And then as I walk in, she goes, so I just want to tell you, I think you have PCOS with a thyroid condition or just PCOS. 
And I was like, I, I was shocked. I literally like my mouth dropped and I was like, I was looking for something to be able to at least find the root cause of what's going on here. I'm being told that it's my diet and that even though I'm working out three to five days a week, I'm still not losing weight. Like it just didn't make sense. So um, <laughs> she died, did all of this um, hormone testing. So hormone testing is definitely out there. <laughs> it exists. It's, it exists. It's very extensive. There's lots of labs you do. There's ultrasounds. There's all this stuff. And um, we did it all. And then she called me one day and was like, yes, you definitely have PCOS. You don't have a thyroid condition. And she was worried about that because my mother has, um, she's always been between hyperthyroid when she was younger, but now she's hypothyroid now that she's older. And um, all of her brothers and sisters, she's one of seven all have thyroid conditions. So that's why she was like, I'm pretty sure you have one. Luckily I don't, <laughs> luckily everything's good, but I do have insulin resistance, mm -hmm. which has been a big thing on, which I learned about on TikTok, which sounds crazy, mm -hmm. but I was told that wasn't a thing as well as the OBGYN, even at a regular primary doctor, they were like, that's not a thing. And I was like, but why am I seeing it everywhere? And then I'm looking online and there's things on Google too. So that's why I'm questioning things. So I have high um, insulin resistance still to this day. We're still working on that. <laughs> Changing diet <laughs> and PCOS. And technically it's still there, even though I'm pregnant, it's just managing it differently. And then once baby comes is making sure we manage it correctly as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, <laughs> <I> so, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see those two doctors who said that hormone testing doesn't even exist. I mm -hmm. mean, that's like the perfect example of gaslighting and completely and utterly dismissing the patient. Okay. And, you know, not a lot of things like piss me off, but that is one thing that really, really makes my skin crawl because- <laughs> you know, someone like you who's going in there with questions and you're telling them like, something is not right. right. Like, I know, I know my body. I've been in it for, you know, maybe it was around 32, you were 32 around that time. Yep. And then it's just like, no, you're fine. Like there's right. not even anything, you know, okay. Even if they didn't want to test like your sex hormones, but like, your thyroid, that's a hormone and thyroid, yeah. your thyroid health can definitely mess with your periods. So, right. So what I learned was it, they test just for TSH. Yep. They don't test for the T3, the T3, four, the T4, all of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's what this natural OBGYN said was we're going to test for every single little step in the thyroid. And that's where we're going to find the issue. I think originally my T3 was high or something like that, but it didn't technically translate into a thyroid condition. We just kind of monitor it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like they were telling me oh, your thyroid is fine. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness for your sister-in-laws to kind of put that bug in your ear yeah. about going to see the natural OB because- yeah. 
you would have been driving yourself crazy. Probably right. going. To Absolutely. I would have been going bonkers. And I feel like pre pandemic, I was very by the book of medicine and medical practices and everything. Both of my boys, you know, I had no problems with, I did all the tests. I did everything I needed. And with this pandemic, it really opened my eyes to a lot of things mm-hmm. and uh, not even OBGYN wise, medically in general, which is also another reason why I'm not practicing at the hospital either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's another story, but it just opens my eyes that these docs are, they're they're telling me, no, you can't do this. There has to be something that I can do. Mm -hmm. Is it, do we check my glucose? Is it my glucose? Am I diabetic? And I don't know it. No, we can't test for that either. Like it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) That's so bizarre. It's so weird. Oh man. Wow. Okay. Um, I just feel like I need to gather my thoughts here because that's (laughs) like, it it just, you know, I've heard it even from like my clients and it just really blows my mind, you know, as a healthcare provider myself, I just don't understand how you could stare someone in the face and tell them there's nothing you can do. And I mean, honestly, because I've had to um, in the past, really advocate for myself to get lab work done. Um, and it's like, well, what is it to them anyways? Like we're the one paying for it, whether it's out of pocket or Mm -hmm. your insurance, like what they just tell the nurse or the receptionist to go order it. It's, you know, I just don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Um, (laughs) so yeah. So she found that you have insulin resistance. How about like testosterone? Was that high? That was, well, the first labs, yes, I will say that was high, but I guess with the natural vitamins that I was taking, then it depleted and it's at a normal rate. Mm -hmm. Um, I also kind of wonder, this is me theorizing, um, if the pregnancy has changed that as well to either reduce the the testosterone or anything. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. Um, but as so far, everything has been back to normal for testosterone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so it's been your sugar. Did, did the OB ever say, and I'm just curious, Mm -hmm. like, did you, with your second pregnancy, were you ever diagnosed with like gestational diabetes or ever? No, like, which I was surprised with because I was much bigger than (laughs) my second Mm -hmm. than I am now, which now they're worried about gestational diabetes because of the insulin resistance and the PCOS. But before I was so surprised that I passed, honestly, I truly was because I gained the weight. I think it was 180 with when I gave birth to my, no, it was almost 200. When I gave birth to my first, I gained a lot of weight with it. <laughs> I was extremely nauseous. So I was constantly nibbling on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and fruits and vegetables never helped. Of course it was pretzels and crackers. Mm-hmm. So that didn't help. And then I went down to 180. I think I lost that within like the month, month and a half after I stopped breastfeeding mm-hmm. And I also had to increase my calories because I was breastfeeding and I wasn't producing enough and I was doing all these supplements and all of that. And then I ballooned up to 240 when I delivered my second. That's why I was surprised I did not have gestational diabetes with him mm-hmm. because it, it was more of like, you know, I'm making something for the first one. He's not eating it. I'm eating it no matter what it is, that kind of stuff. 
And, um, the snacking of course was always hard because of the nausea too. Um, so it was really hard to lose the weight. I got down the furthest I got down was 207. And then even with the PCOS and everything, I actually lost two pounds since conceiving. So Mm -hmm. now figuring out like certain supplements, certain foods that work for me. So it's been a journey with the gestational diabetes thinking as well. And they're also thinking could happen with this one too. So mm-hmm. just waiting to see what happens. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Cause pregnancy, I mean, it can really throw our hormones for a loop, especially our mm-hmm. thyroid too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't think of the exact term, but it's like postpartum thyroiditis or something like okay. that. You know? mm-hmm. So it can really just stir up like the perfect storm. Just thinking because before your pregnancies, you were so regular, you didn't have right. any symptoms and all of these things. So it's like, where did this PCOS come from? You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so you had mentioned to me before we started recording, you were diagnosed with PCOS in... October? September, early October, 2022. And then you found out you were pregnant. End of October, early November. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. It definitely was very unexpected. Um, We were really busy in the studio with Santa. And the one day I just had to constantly go pee, but nothing was coming out. And my assistant, she also has done doula training and she thought to herself, cause I said, there's no way I'm pregnant. I'm not ovulating. There's no way. She thought to herself, she's like, mm, I think she's pregnant. <laughs> and I remember after that day I sat down and we're always busy with Santa. It's, it's chaotic, but I sat down and I literally was like, I cannot get up. I'm exhausted. Like I feel like I could fall asleep sitting up right here. And then a week later, some commercial came on when my son was watching the show and it had babies and stuff. And I was like, when was I supposed to get my period? (laughs) (laughs) And I realized it was five and a half, almost six weeks. And I had just started to get a little bit more regular and um, it popped up right away, popped up right away. I took the test and I was in shock. I truly was in shock. I was like, no, it's not, it's not going to be positive. I'm not ovulating. <laughs> like, it's not. And I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. <laughs> wow. wow. I love it. Are you still working with the natural OB? For this yes. Team? So she doesn't deliver anymore because she has made a personal decision because of all of the COVID things going on that she is not going to deliver in any of the hospitals. Um, but she told me to go back to my old OBGYN for delivery and, and monitoring and stuff, but she would still follow me with, um, levels and all of the thyroid, the insulin resistance. And we just talked today too, about a few things that she is prescribing to me that the regular OBGYN does not agree with. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a whole, (laughs) it's a whole thing. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I'm glad that you have like a good resource to help you through this pregnancy and then especially afterwards too. Right. Um, as your hormones kind of come back too and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. If it wasn't for her, I feel like 
I feel like I would have to go back to like the book part of being pregnant and having a baby. And I'm just, that's not me anymore. I feel like I can now successfully advocate for myself or, you know, I hired a doula as well because I was nervous that, um, with my first two, I was forced to birth on my back and I tore really bad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want that to happen again. Like, yeah. so I was not allowed to turn on my side, which they say is better positioning for less tearing, of course, not a hundred percent, but less of a chance. And, um, they told me no. And I was like, oh, like, I really don't want to tear again. I, I had like the work with the second I had, I think it I don't remember the exact word, level four or a type four tear, which was very deep. And I felt everything when he was stitching me up. And I had my first one, again, TMI, I apologize. (laughs) I had a level two or three, um, but he stitched me too tight. So that was also another reason why, you know, we weren't having sex like we were pre-baby because it hurt so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, yeah, I love um, that you brought up advocating for yourself because yeah, you can always advocate for yourself. Right. Right. I mean, I think it's just knowing that, that right. Exactly. You have a choice. Right. Um, And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of us are not used to doing that because like you said, we're so used to, um, you know, the doctor being the end all be all, they know best, yep. blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, like you, mm-hmm. you have the final say they work yeah. for you at the end of the day. If something doesn't feel right, then absolutely speak up and say something. And I think it's great that you have a doula because obviously when you're in the midst of labor and your mind might not be you know, functioning at the state that you need it to, you have that like level of support to be able to talk you through your options and communicate, you know, to the healthcare providers that will be helping you. Right. And my husband is a great help with things, but he's also very timid to stick up, especially from a doctor saying you need to do this. If it were not part of my birth plan, like right now, I really don't want to do Pitocin. I did Pitocin with my first. I had my second without Pitocin. My second was completely natural, not by my liking. But now that I experienced it, (laughs) I can do it. Yeah. And I realized that contractions with Pitocin were so bad. Uh And I, I went straight for the epidural because I just could not handle it. And I've done birth photography many times and I've seen a huge increase of C-sections because of the the Pitocin basically Mm -hmm. squeezing that baby so tight that they go into distress. Exactly. I don't want that to happen this time, but he wouldn't understand that. So having somebody there that does understand that, that does know I don't want it. And this is the reason why, please don't do it unless it's a necessary thing we need to do. Yeah. That's someone I want. And I don't want him to feel guilty if I needed it and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I want someone who is a professional that knows about it that can also listen to my wishes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she can be such a big yeah. support for him too. Right. You know, because I, I had a doula 
um, at my birth. And I feel like in the beginning, my husband was like all over the place, <laughs> you know, yep. but they're yeah. able to kind of like, Hey, do you need a snack or something? Yeah. Um, so definitely recommend doulas. Yes. Um, well, if you're okay, I, I have a recommendation for you. I don't know if you've sure. heard of it. And I know this is your third child. What are some new fun and exciting ways I can serve these women who are wanting to have a child and become a mother and just step into that next version of themselves. And I am going to be releasing in early September a brand new Confident Conception membership. And I want to be able to serve and impact as many women as possible with this membership. That is my true intention from my heart. I do not want any woman who desires, needs, or wants more holistic, integrative, natural guidance and support along their fertility journey because I know that this piece is heavily lacking in the Western conventional space. So if you desire that for yourself, that is why I've created this membership because you should not have to be limited to the help and guidance and support that you receive. This membership is at an incredible investment level and the value is, it's amazing. So just to kind of give you a little sneak peek, I'm not revealing the true details until early, early September, but you are going to have access in this membership, the method that I use and have used with my one-on-one -on -one clients, with my group coaching clients, you name it. And this framework, this method has been able to get women pregnant when they were otherwise told they could not get pregnant naturally and that they needed IUI and IVF. So I have a wait list for this beautiful membership that I will be launching soon. And if this interests you even a little bit, even if you're just curious, like you're still not sure if this is right for you, if this is what you need, that's totally fine. I would get yourself on this membership waitlist because anyone who is on the waitlist is going to be the first to know when the membership launches. You will know before anyone on my email list, on my Instagram, Facebook, anywhere on social media, anyone who's on this wait list will be the absolute first to know and you will be the first and only to have access to a very exclusive founder's rate for signing up for the membership. So you're definitely going to want to be on the wait list for this because like I had said, it is an investment level that can serve everyone because that is my goal. That is my dream. That is my passion. That is why I am here on this earth. So this is what my heart, my mind has birthed really um, 
as a way to support and impact more women, more couples, more families. Because at the end of the day, that's why I do this. I do this to help you realize your dream of becoming a mother, your dream of holding your child, whether it's your first child, your second, third, fourth, and beyond. But um, the Mama Natural Birth Course, have you ever heard of it? No, I've never heard of that. Amazing. I think you would love it. Yeah. Because it sounds like you really like to do your research. You like to know your options and all that. And speaking of, um, it just reminded me when you were talking about the Pitocin and then the Pitocin causes like artificially very strong contractions, which can be very painful for mom and also distressful for baby. And then, okay, that leads to the epidural. And then, okay, that leads to an emergency C-section. Mm-hmm. All of those things are called the cascade of interventions that yep. happen at birth. Yep. And this birthing course, I've talked about it on many of my podcasts. <laughs> whether you want natural, whether you know you want the epidural, mm-hmm. whether you want a hospital birth, a birthing center, home birth, it lays out all of the things that you could possibly, you know, come across experience and it explains the pros and cons. And I just, I found it so informative. So I definitely awesome. recommend that for you if you're yeah. interested or any, anyone who's pregnant and expecting. And yeah. my husband watched it and it, he felt really um, empowered with information as well. So maybe oh, that's nice. um, something good for your husband to watch too. Yeah. Seriously, get them yeah. off of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. So tell me a little bit about you have your own business mm-hmm. and how long you've been doing it and what that is like with two little ones at home. Yeah. So this year, this October will be 10 years in business. Wow. Um, I started my business when I was working full time as an MRI technologist and I had a coworker who had a son with a very, um, I don't want to say the word terrible, but he was born with a heart defect that needed multiple surgeries. And whenever he was sick, um, it was really hard on his body. He, they went through a lot. So, um, like she gave birth, I'll never forget the story. She told me she gave birth And he went straight through a window at uh, Children's Hospital at Philadelphia and went to his first heart surgery because I think either one of his ventricles wasn't working or he needed intervention right away. He was not going to survive without it. And every year, he had to get aortic surgery one year. He had to get a new valve another year. And it just, she was working part-time and she was missing a lot of the firsts for her son, like going off to school or getting on the school bus or parent teacher conference during the day. She had to, it just was a lot that she was handling as a part-time working mom. She was working six days a week, part-time. It was a lot for her. And her husband also worked full-time as a teacher. So I was just said to my husband, and this is, this is one thing I say about communication with even someone dating someone. And I tell all my nieces this as well. I communicated with him before we even thought about getting married that I would not work full time <laughs> when we had kids 
And he was like, I don't care. My mom was a stay-at-home mom her entire life. She had eight kids all together. And I was like, perfect. Like having that communication ahead of time was a huge like plus for us. And we still have amazing communication now. Um, Sometimes it's not (laughs) at the right time. We'll say that we're not perfect, but especially with this pregnancy, I have been very open and honest about a lot of things and some things he doesn't agree with. Like at first he didn't agree with the doula. Now he's loving the doula. So there's ways to get around with men. (laughs) Um, Wait, now I lost my train of thought. Um, You're talking about your friend whose son had to have a lot of heart surgery. Oh, yes. Okay. So when I noticed she was either taking time off or she was missing stuff, I felt like I did not want to miss those things for my children. Mm. Um, The other thing when I was looking at just part-time daycare, if I was going to go to work part-time, it was more than my mortgage here in New Jersey. It is absolutely astronomical. Mm -hmm. So it just was was not financially appropriate for us at that time with both of us working full-time. Also, I would have to drop off at 6.30 in the morning because I worked an hour away. And by the time I picked him up, he would go straight to bed. So that was not a, a, a... an option for us. I wanted to be able to raise my children the way they should be raised, um, with their family. I know that's not everybody's situation. Um, but we literally live paycheck to paycheck, if not on credit cards for many years. (laughs) And look where we're at now. I digress, but (laughs) so I started that business and, um, it's so funny. I make goals for myself and I always hit those goals. And sometimes they're just like the stupidest little goals. But my goal was that my business would be built big enough within three years that I would be able to quit my full-time job and either find like a per diem MRI position somewhere that was very flexible and um, didn't require Monday through Friday. So had my first son found a job that was per diem. It was mainly on call. So it worked perfectly for us. My husband worked during the day. I got called in sometimes at night. I think at some point I got, didn't call get called in for nine months and I made like a hefty paycheck. <laughs> so it worked great. <laughs> that was during lockdown when we were not doing any scanning of outpatients. So no one was coming into the hospital unless they either had COVID or COVID symptoms and they were not taking them into the MRI machine because you had to do the whole desanitizing of all the rooms and all the stuff when we just couldn't do it in MRI. So we rarely did patients during the lockdown and a few months after that, um, which was great for me because I was on call and I was just making money, but they unfortunately laid off a lot of full-time employees or made them part-time, things like that. Um, then, so I had my second already at this point. And then the business just has been growing and growing and growing I don't want to say slowly, but not like, not like a target, you know, how they just kind of like jumped out and now Wawa's here in New Jersey, Wawa's are all over every single corner. They have just jumped down and exploded everywhere. It's a gradual increase in this business that makes it work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I work three days a week in studio weekends are if needed, but of course I don't want to work weekends. But in a luxury business, I'm not going to have that uh, luxury of having every single weekend off. (laughs) So if uh, the kids have baseball games on a Saturday morning, 
I might work a session at Saturday night at six o'clock. It works great. So very, very flexible. Um, I do have three employees that work for me. Well, four, four employees that work for me. Two are online. One is in person assisting, cleaning up, helping with sessions, and then another photographer as well. So once I go into maternity leave, I don't have to worry about not still running my business and not being able to pay the bills. (laughs) So it's been a lot of planning, but um, it's worked great. If the pandemic didn't hit, we would be exploding even more, but I'm also grateful for um, learning my values and the things that I stand for in business as well. Um, Cause you can't, you can't people please everybody. So <laughs> I've learned that um, the good and bad way we'll say. <laughs> I love that. I love that you have, I mean, if you have employees, you must be doing really great. So that's amazing to start it off as like a part-time thing yeah. on the side, just something that, ideally you would like to do so you can be home with your children but a lot of times you know sometimes people set themselves out to do that but then it doesn't happen for one reason or another but to me you know me being a a, um, at home like business owner myself like I'm sure you experienced your obstacles and had your moments where it was mm-hmm. like, is this really going to work? Can I yep. do this? Am I cut out for this? So yep. to be 10 years later now and you have yeah. four employees, like that's badass. Good for you. Like, that's <laughs> awesome. you. I love it. I do have to say, I give it all to my husband because first year, I think that I started, I had a really terrible client. And I was working for free. I was learning what I want to do. I was working with the camera. What did, like, what's this button kind of stuff. And they were terrible people. And this, again, this was for free. Wow. And I said to him, I said, I don't think I can do this. Like these kids were so bad. These people said I was unprofessional. I didn't know what I was doing, which I, they knew that I was starting and I was doing it for free and I was learning. And he said, you can't just quit something that you love because one person's not happy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let's see, like, I'll give it a few more times. And those few more times, everything was perfect. And I loved it. And it was on my time too. So even though I was working full-time at the hospital, I every, every other Wednesday I had off so I could do sessions during the week instead of a weekend. And then when we went on vacation, like I am able to just go on vacation now. I don't have to ask for PTO. (laughs) Like I don't have to make sure my shifts are covered. Like, yes, of course, my other photographer, Trisha, she's able to do a lot of it. Like we have a birth that, oh, this woman, I love her to death. I did her first birth in 2019. And of course she's due right in the middle of when I'm on vacation and I said, Trisha, she's probably done more births than me. She's amazing. And she's like, no problem. I trust you. Like, whatever you need, please just do it. And um, I don't have to worry. Trisha's like already ready to go. She's already prepped. Like, she, And like I said, she's probably more experienced with birth than I am because mm-hmm. she had four home births and does okay. photography for her own um, business, more like smaller things scale. So she definitely works more in our business. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Love it. Love it. And you also have a podcast as well. Yes. It's coming out soon. (laughs) Tell me the name of it, where people can find it and what it's about. So it's called New Jersey Working Mom. (laughs) Um, It's really just, I get questions about running a business as a mother and I'm happy to answer them. But I thought that having a podcast, because I listen to podcasts all the time. Anytime I'm in the car, I'm starting something new morning breakfast, I'm starting something new, even if it's like the news podcast, things like that. I just find it very easy for me because I'm always on the go. So I can't sit and watch a YouTube, you know? So even if somebody has a podcast on YouTube, I listen through Spotify and it's super easy. Um, It will be available on everything. Um, I'm pretty sure we're also uploading to YouTube too. I have to ask my assistant. (laughs) I forget if I put that on her list. Um, but it's really, you know, the perspective of me running a business as a mom, working at home and working in a business, having employees, um, but also New Jersey stuff too. Mm -hmm. There's a North Jersey moms group that doesn't have a podcast, but it's, it's called New Jersey mom. And I love their content, but it's mainly North Jersey, which is a good two to three hours away from here. So having like a separate kind of South Jersey, even reviews. Like we have parks and we have businesses that we want to have on the podcast to really Mm. um, showcase working moms in New Jersey, mainly South Jersey though. Yeah. I love that collaborating with other businesses near you, which could in turn be beneficial for your business as well. Yep. Yep. So networking went away because of the pandemic And I was really big into networking pre-pandemic. And I feel like this is like another way to do it. Learn about those small businesses, gain that relationship. I'm really big about relationships with clients Mm -hmm. and some of my business partners and, you know, getting it all into one place for other moms to be inspired to start their own business. Or if they're struggling with, my friend is like a doula. If she's struggling with, should I get a doula or not? Let's talk about it. Pros, cons, and all of that, and having different topics, but centralized to people in South Jersey Mm -hmm. so that there's that resource there. Love it. Love it. And yeah, let everyone know whereabouts you're located because behind her is this beautiful studio. I can see (laughs) in the background. Like, I could just picture you taking pictures there. Oh, Uh, I love it. (laughs) Where you're located, just in case anyone is local to you. Yeah. So we're in Southampton, New Jersey. Um, my photography business is Stinsman Photography. Um, we specialize in maternity and newborn, but of course we do families, births. Um, we do many sessions. We do Santa here. If you think this is pretty, just you wait until Christmas. <laughs> we start Easter Bunny this weekend. So that's a new one. We haven't done Easter Bunny, but it has been very popular. Um, and uh, yeah, it's... We're going to connect the New Jersey Working Mom podcast to Stinsman Photography on the website, just so it's an easier resource. Everything is all in one place. And we'll have, um, even the podcast will be on there, but it will also have a blog post of summarizing the podcast. So we love our SEO. (laughs) I gotta get that SEO going. Um, And yeah. I love it. And I'll definitely put your website in the show notes and your podcast and anything else. 
And do you have any final words for the listeners, either about PCOS or being a entrepreneurial mom or both, whatever comes up for you? Yes, I definitely say if you feel like something is off in your body, there is something off in your body. If it's mentally, physically, emotionally, you are, like you said earlier, advocating for yourself and that's okay. If you jump from doctor to doctor to doctor and try and figure things out, find different types of doctors. If an OBGYN is not helping you, what about a um, a primary doctor? Chiropractors even. I, my photographer, uh, Trisha, she goes to a chiropractor for a lot of her physical ailments that chiropractor isn't a big thing in New Jersey. So who knows if it is a gut issue you're having that it deals with your spine as well. Who knows? Find different people to talk to, to figure out a solution. Um, Homeopathy and naturopathy is not a bad thing. (laughs) We might be called the conspiracy conspiracy theorists at this point, but It obviously got me to uh, where I am now with PCOS diagnosis, insulin resistance, but still had a baby. So I highly recommend looking into naturopathy as well. Um, And if you're a mom and you quit your full-time job, think about a small business that you can do from home at your convenience. If it's working online mainly, or if it's working on weekends, because that works for you, or two days a week. There's always things you can do either online, in person, starting your own little boutique. You can always start something from home. Mm -hmm. Yes. I second all of that that you said. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect way to end. Thank you so much, Jackie. It's been a really fun conversation and loved hearing your story and, and everything that you're doing. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rising into Mindful Motherhood podcast. If this episode resonated with you or gave you an aha moment, stop what you're doing right now and write a review. This simple act of kindness helps me get this podcast out to connect with as many women as I possibly can. I also have a special offer. If you send me a screenshot of your review, I will take $250 off one of my premium coaching containers. Let me know what resonated with you the most and why. So connect with me in my free Facebook community or tag me on Instagram. You'll find both listed below. Thanks again from the bottom of my heart for tuning into this episode and I'll see you next time.